0: Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, the talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter at TotalTutor and NeilHaley.com, and I'm excited to welcome the program NFL Hall of Famer Miami Dolphin Dan Marina. We are live here at the opening at the Microsoft store in Boca Raton, Florida, at the town center. And Dan, how are you? Thanks for calling.
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on and uh, it's an exciting day here for Microsoft and me to be here for uh, and have some Dolphin fans coming out and, you know, just kind of enjoying the day.
0: Oh, absolutely. Dan, when, when you think about specifically enough, your career, uh, let's go back to college for a second, the University of Pittsburgh, the memories that you had at the University of Pittsburgh, especially that game, the Sugar Bowl. Can you take us back to that play? <laughs>
1: Well yeah, you know what? That's uh that's interesting. Well I grew up right there in the city and I grew up right in Oakland where the university is and and got recruited by a lot of different places and went to a high school called Central Catholic and it was right on the same street where the university was and the cathedral of learning and all that. So I, I kinda really had no other choice but to go to Pitt. And I grew up a Pitt fan anyway. Um and so I was going to school there for sure. And, and the, uh, and the, the sugar bowl was, um, a, you know, it was a special game for us going there. I think it was Herschel Walker's second year and playing Georgia there it was a pretty, pretty packed Georgia house and, um, and coming down and, uh, and throwing a touchdown with, uh, less than, I don't know, a minute left. You know, to win the game to downtown John Brown. I always remember John. He's my buddy. I love him. Uh, so, you know, on fourth down also. So it was fourth down, and I remember them blitzing, and and it worked out. We won the game. And Dan, Good memories. Yeah, Good a- memories.
0: Absolutely. Hail the pit for sure. And, you know, uh, Jackie Sherrill talked about, you know, specifically how he let it up to you, and it was up to you. And Jackie talked about that story as well. Very, very interesting to hear that story.
1: So on fourth, you talk about on going yeah, fourth yeah. and kicking the field goal. yeah, yeah. 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 Well, our kicker then uh he wasn't that good from that distance. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, right now again, you um how excited are you to meet the fans at the Microsoft store at Town Center in Boca Raton, Florida for the grand opening? Are you excited?
1: Yeah, no, it's great cuz the uh it's it's opening here, like you said in, in Boca Raton, Microsoft um not only has supported, you know, our foundation, the De Marino Foundation and some of the things that we do to teach our kids, but also in this community here, you know, in the Boca in South Florida area, they have donated a ton of money to different organizations, $900,000, Boys and Girls Club, the museum, you know, yeah, the, the both museums. Yeah, so it's a lot. You no, know, they're, they're really coming strong here in the community. And so for me, it's a great relationship to be involved with the store, not only the store, but the fact that they're helping all our people here in South
0: Florida. And Microsoft producers, producers, a lot of games uh what are some of your favorite xbox games that you like to play and why
1: so that's an interesting question i'm not a big game player but uh you know i like madden because i'm actually in it so <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? that, that, that's a great answer and you know that's it,
1: a good reason to like madden right <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly that you're a star in it absolutely for sure so dan where's the best place we can find information on your foundation and all that you do for sure
1: um, so, yeah, we have a, a Marino campus. We have a school now. Where we're helping kids, uh, develop in life skills and it's org or the, uh, Dan Marino Foundation.org. Um, and, uh, actually on our campus, we do use Microsoft Office software. And, uh, that's, you know, one of the reasons why we're doing all this. And it's, uh, it's been a great relationship. And, uh, just to be honest with you, I've had a great opportunity to, to really, you know, be a part of something special as far as the kids that that we have on our campus, and it's been uh, a lot of fun and very gratifying.
0: Well, Dan, thanks again for uh, calling. Hail the pit, and good luck, uh, and have fun today playing games. All right, take yeah, it Yep,
1: yeah, you got it. No problem, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me thanks, on. Thanks, thanks. It. Okay. Okay. Bye right,
0: bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and you can follow at Microsoft Store for more information on Microsoft and Xbox games. Hi everyone and welcome to Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter at Total Twitter Net, Total Radio Net, and also at NeilHaley dot com. And I'm so excited to welcome to the program. NFL Hall of Famer, Buffalo Bill Andre Reed. Andre, how are you? And thanks for calling.
2: I'm very good. Um thanks for having me. This is uh Pretty
0: cool, man. I love it. Oh, absolutely, Andre. Let's kind of first specifically a question I always wanted to ask you, and specifically four Super Bowls, going to the Super Bowl four times. It must have been an honor and a privilege to be AFC champions, especially for the Buffalo Bills fans, to have that success for four straight years. Wouldn't you agree? Oh,
2: yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, know, that doesn't happen with, with everybody pulling together for the same cause and uh, everybody's on the same page and you know regardless of the situation we had guys that just lifted each other up and you know some guy was hurt another guy came in and kind of didn't miss a beat so it was uh it was great to be a part of uh, all that time uh and and just great to be a part of that organization the organization was was phenomenal and uh, was very good to me and i was fortunate enough to um to play uh, with those players and and those coaches during that time so it was it was a good time.
0: Always the Buffalo Bill, right Andre? You're always going to be a Bill, aren't you?
2: Uh yes, I, I, I yes I will be. Um I always tell people I believe sweet red, but I got some blue and white in there too. So it's uh when you play somewhere so long, it's, uh you know, it's kind of embedded in head.
0: Absolutely. So it must have been take us back to being uh, honored as an NFL Hall of Famer and enshrined into the NFL Football Hall of Fame.
2: Well, it was a. Uh, of course, it's the, the highest honor in the sport, and to be amongst uh, you know all those other guys that came before me and and kind of led the path for me to be where I'm at. I, um, you know, I'm honored to be a part of that and to be in in that building and be in that same sentence with those guys. So it's um, it's an honor, and you know, I take it more than just you know playing on the field. You know what I'm doing off the field right now is is really what the Hall of Fame stands for. Um, it stands for you know leadership and uh, excellence off the field and all the things that are really important. You know to, to kids when they're watching you and seeing what you're doing, that uh, you inspire. And that's that's what the that's what the Hall is about. It isn't again, it isn't just playing football, but it's inspiring off the field and and wanting kids to be better than uh, than they think they could be, and and never. Uh, letting anybody tell them they can't do anything. Um, I mean, that's, you know, kind of my purpose right now is to to give the kids the same chance that I got and to be anything they want to be. It can be anything.
0: So you see this uh, great opportunity of becoming, being enshrined in the NFL Hall of Fame is a great way to be a role model for kids, it sounds like. Andre?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, there's so many, you know, sports is a way of, of not only growing as a person, but you get yourself out there as, as an ambassador for something else. Uh, you're admired on the field for what you do, but uh, you're only setting yourself up to a certain point for, uh, for, for off the field, you know, things you want to do off the field and how you can impact people off the field. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of guys have their own foundations, they have their own uh, charities, their own things they do. And it's because of probably the game that they play, you know football and sports has a way of setting you up for that stuff. so it's it's probably a good good thing to take advantage of,
0: so when you were ready to retire life after football, that had to be a challenging decision once you did retire to figure out what you were going to do next, right? Andre?
2: yeah, well, you do something for so long and you're you're so used to doing something every single year at the same time. You kind of take that for granted. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But I knew that the, you know sooner or later this was you know the, the the game was going to end for me, and there was going to be a time where I have to you know switch gears and and jump on another bike and and start you know pedaling somewhere else. And you know I really uh, became uh, really good with the Boys and Girls Club because I grew up in the in the Boys and Girls Club system uh, as a Boys and Girls Club kid, and you know, I use them now as a, as a platform for, um, for what I can do for kids now.
0: And so you saw that and then you were in that preparation process throughout your career then, right. In which you have to kind of give advice to NFL players currently that you got to think of life after football. And you also have to figure out what your platform is going to be once you retire.
2: Yeah. And everybody, some, some people do it differently. They have, uh, you know, different ways of, of uh, going about doing things and, I think it's up to the individual player to, you know, put themselves again in that situation where they feel like, you know, and a lot of guys are doing it now. They're getting ready for life after football, and this is, uh, um, again, the platform you have uh, is is very important that you you start building another another house somewhere else because uh, it, it, believe me, again, it doesn't. I tell my son, said, you just get to get that education. Uh, a piece of paper goes longer than you playing in, in the nfl or the nba or anywhere because that there's no guarantees there the education is a guarantee
0: exactly it, the education is a guarantee and you have to you have to keep pursuing and going after it and figuring out what that 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 dream and that goal is for sure and the boys and girls club being able to go out and travel across the country for the boys and girls club got to be it's got to feel yeah. good and get to chat with those people
2: Feels great because I I can impact people and and kids in different cities. I'm here in Seattle. I was at a club a couple of days ago and and just sat down with you know 10, 12, 13 kids uh, of all ages and and sat down just like we were at the table, just sitting down talking about you know what their experience is and what the club means to them and what what it has done, what it's taught them, uh, what's important to them, what's their next move as they grow older and get older, and what do they want to do, and and you you're kind of impressed because the Boys and Girls Club really stands for one thing, and that's that's giving these kids a future, and, and giving them confidence in themselves that maybe somewhere else, somebody hasn't, or maybe they don't have confidence, like I said, in themselves. But they they mold them kids to be confident and to be believing themselves, and knowing that at one of these, you know, at any time or as you go grow older, you can be that kid that makes that major difference in that decision that can affect a lot of people. And that's, you know, that's really what um, the the Boys and Girls Club tries to do is to uh, give these kids that platform to, to be anything they want to be. And it doesn't matter where you're from, what economic background, uh, the counselors there, and they've been doing this for years and years and years, uh, they're taught to, you know, treat every kid the same and, and give every kid the same kind of, uh, you know, attention that they would give their own kids.
0: Now, Pork Rind Appreciation Day. Tell us about that, and also how you're teaming up with Gridiron Grates as well.
2: Well, I just I just got a little bit of, a more uh, you know information about the Pork Rind Appreciation Day at the Super Bowl, uh, and, and we all know that pork rinds is <laughs> if, if you ever had a pork rind, um, you know it's kind of like a a food that you would eat on a Sunday, you know, at a game, or if you're sitting at home or something like that. You definitely get some pork rinds. Like potato chips and all the other things that you do during during the game. Uh, but the Gridiron Greats uh, fun, I, I've been involved with them over the years uh, with Mike Dicker and Ron Jaworski. They have a cigar party every year at every Super Bowl, and and it's just assists uh, guys that are, are in need, uh, you know, that are not playing no more, that are in need, and right. and they need help. And this this fund uh, uh, does a great job of of getting these guys that need it. And having these certain things that they do that is able to assist them. And, you know, sometimes we all need assistance. And that's, uh, uh, they've done a good job of doing that over the years. And they will, they continue to do that. So uh, I'm glad to be a part of it. Um, I'm probably going to definitely go to uh, a couple of their functions uh, at the Super Bowl in Houston this year and uh, show my support for them. And a lot of players have showed their support over the years for, uh, for the great, so it's, it's a great thing to be a part of.
0: And when you talk about the pork rinds and stuff like that, and talk about uh, the the southern recipe, tell us a little bit about you know that that event and at the Super Bowl and stuff.
2: Well, I'm I'm just getting a little bit more information about it. Um, it it's it's going to be you know they're going to have their own uh, booth and everything else going on there at the Super Bowl, and and they're going to to teaming up with the Gridiron Grapes uh, to be uh, you know a force there. Um, so. Not just right now. It's just they're having a day where people can have fork rinds and they can, you know, donate to the fund, and you know it's a win-win situation. So I'm, I'm as I go on with this, I'm getting more information uh, about what that day really, really entails.
0: Well, I think it's great because, again, you as we talked about life after football, there's so many former NFL players that truly need help at some point, Andre. Everyone goes through certain types of things in their lives and uh, tragedy, difficulty, things like that. And to have an organization yeah. like Great Iron Greats is fantastic. It really is. Yep.
2: Yep, and again, um, they do an excellent job at the Super Bowl of – of bringing people together and different sponsors and, and, um, you know, you go there to have fun, but there's always a purpose uh, there too. So a lot of people have done that.
0: All right, Andre, where's the best place we can find information on you and all those different things and places to go. Where can we go?
2: Well, with me, you can go to my, my, uh, my Twitter, um, and I, Andre Reed under Andre underscore read eight three is my Twitter. It's my Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can go to a Gridiron Greats, uh, their their website, and find out more about them and what they're doing and what, what they're doing around the country, uh, and go to Pork Rinds, too. They can, uh, they can tell you about their appreciation day a little bit more than I can right now. But um, um, again, the, the social media is really important, and a lot of different organizations, of course, we you know that they use social media to get their, their message out of what they're doing. So they're no different than anybody else, and the Super Bowl is the biggest spectacle spectacle one day spectacle on the on the planet <laughs> for one weekend and uh there is there's no better way to to be involved in the Super Bowl experience than going to different things like that.
0: Well, absolutely Andre, good talking to you man. Uh best of luck enjoy the game tonight against and I hope your Bills can beat Seattle. That would be great for uh but Buffalo to get off the schneid and have the opportunity and enjoy the yeah, game tonight. Get
2: off the schneid. they they're, they're... <laughs> Yeah, definitely. They're they're struggling a little bit with injuries and things are happening. Uh, but uh, they definitely have to get back uh, to, to winning. And it's going to be a tough one tonight. But just like anything, it's doable uh, if they play well.
0: All right. Well, Andre, thanks for calling. Thanks for taking the time and best of luck. You got it, thanks. All right, take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show. and We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out at com, and I'm excited to welcome the program. It's the Just Two Choices Celebrity segment with my co-host, Rico Rakowski. Rico, how are you?
3: <laughs> Hi, five, Steve, Neil. Great to hear your voice, and uh, I'm excited about today because it's uh, truly a, an honor and a privilege to have with us, um, joining us today, a, a totally classy lady, uh, the first female swimmer in America, Uh, the fastest female swimmer in America, 12-time Olympic medalist, five times competing at the Olympic Games. Um, I could spend the entire introduction or the entire show on just an introduction for herself, author, mother, uh, sportscaster. uh, It's just such an honor and privilege to have you with us, Uh, Dara. Thank you so much for joining us, Dara Torres. DT. Gee, that's right.
4: I should have you introduce me more often on some of these talks, I guess.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have more. Believe me, I was just like, man, I'm I, I could spend the whole show just so talking nice. about you.
4: Well, no, <laughs> well, thank well you. Well,
3: blessings to you, and congratulations on all of your out of this world successes. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely phenomenal, and it's 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 uh, just a pleasure to have you on your show.
4: Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me.
3: You know, one of the things that popped out right away, just looking at this this massive record, you know from your early ages, like first starting to swim, it's kind of, it's cool. You know, you started at the Y at age seven and age seven swimming. It's, it reminds me of this quote from Calvin Coolidge um, that says, you know, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence and determination. And you've probably heard the quote before, you know, talent will not, nothing is more common than unsuccessful people with talent. Genius will not, unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not, you know, the world is full of, Educated people who aren't using their education, aren't doing anything with it. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. And I think you have just absolutely demonstrate that to the highest T. So could you, could you talk to us a little bit about this persistence? Because it, you know, being an Olympian is, in some ways, I'd say different than a professional athlete. I mean, you're always timed. You're always under the gun from age 7 you know, doing these timing kind of things. Can you talk to us about that persistence and determination, that choice to keep going against all odds?
4: Yeah, you know, I I think the the neat thing about being an Olympian is you're competing in an event that only happens every four years. It's not like a Super Bowl or a World Series. I mean, this is something that some people train for their whole life for this one-one opportunity. I mean, I was very blessed to be able to do it a few times but um i think the reason why i was <laughs> i was so That's persistent so in it is, I, <laughs> is I i i love the sport i i love the sport of swimming i i love the way it makes me feel i love competing and every time i thought i was done whether it was after age 22 um or you know at 41 it was just like i i missed the sport so much i want to get back and swim so there is persistence, wow. but there's also the, the aspect of just really loving what you
0: do. Interesting, Dara, wow. when you talk, about, you, you talk about loving what you do, Dara, uh, and, and, and keep going. It's something you love when you first were in the pool. So you said yourself every time you wanted to keep going because it's something that you were passionate about and wanted to have that keep going attitude, correct? Yeah, absolutely.
4: I mean, there are obviously times... It's not like everything was roses, you know, and I mean, there, I remember times when I was training for my fifth Olympics and I would be laying on my, on my, uh, coach's couch in his office, just exhausted and like crying because, oh my God, I'm just so tired. And, but I always had a goal and, and I'm, I'm very much a goal setter, whether it's Mm -hmm. when I was training or even now in life. And, and so, Making goals to me really keeps you motivated to want to reach those goals, and so those days that I was lying on my coach's couch, or those mornings where the alarm went off and I was all cozy in my bed and kind of didn't want to get out to go to workout, I would think about the goals I set, and that would really motivate me to to really do my best
3: and go to practice. Well, what's it feel like to be at the end where you're just you know trying to shave hundreds of seconds? I mean, I mean to a degree, you know, you're right at the you're right at the pinnacle of do I stay in bed you know, or do I try to save a hundredth of a second, you know, shave a hundredth of a second off? You know, what more can I do? And and you look at all the training that you've gone into that, it, what is there something that goes in your mind with regard to that you know, that that that's such a small percentage of performance change that is so competitive. Is there something that is there a trigger in your head that keeps you going? Or, that I you know I wanna roll over and just say, I don't know if it's worth a hundredth of a second, you know.
4: You know, to, to me, it is. I think when you're, when you're an elite athlete, you just, um, you want to go until you do your very best. And it's funny because after my fourth Olympics in 2000, my, I was 33 and I thought that was really old to be swimming. And my coach <laughs> said to me well, after my last event, he's like, you know, it's, it's too bad you're retiring because I still don't think you've reached your, uh, your potential. Wow. And I'm like, what are you? I, I'm like, you're crazy. I'm 33 years old. How do I not <laughs> reach my potential? And then Trying eight years later, you know, I ended up going faster. So, um, you know, I guess you kind of have to have that that drive that you really feel like you haven't done the best you can. And, and yeah. for me personally, when when I when I lost uh, the fifty by a hundredth of a second in, in Beijing, I thought yeah. I'm never going to be able to lose myself. Like, how can I lose by a hundredth of a second? But when you look yeah. back on it, you think, okay, you know, I gave it everything I had. I left no stones unturned. You have to be yeah. okay with that.
0: Yeah have to be okay and 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 here's where, a question i have now how do you shave those seconds it's i know it's coaching but also because i mean i watch the swimming and, and you know it's so great to see the popularity of how much more it's just so popular in the olympics it's like one of the top uh, uh events every year i mean every time the summer olympics come by but how do you figure this out how can especially when you're competing against the whole world what the, how to shave those seconds off what types, what types of strategies in the gym and all those places and, and in the pool to get to be able to shave that uh, certain second uh, off
4: well it, right? it definitely for me well it definitely for me evolved over the years because training back in my first olympics was much different than when I trained for my you know, fifth Olympics, mm-hmm. um, my, I was a older. I needed more recovery. I couldn't do as much. And so that kind of messed with my head a little bit. Cause I was always had the thought, I was the type of athlete that had the thought process where the more you do the better. And that wasn't necessarily true as I got older. So that was kind of mm-hmm. hard, but, um, you know, it's funny because you talk about shaving like a hundredth of a second off. My best event is the quickest event. And it's, I think the most, I mean, distance runners won't say this, but I think the most challenging because you, you can't make a mistake it's a 24 second race you make a mistake right. you're done and so you have to train like that too you can't make mistakes and mm-hmm. uh when when i went to Olympic trials in 2008 uh, my start was the slowest start uh off the blocks in the entire race And there must have been 150 girls in the race and so when i made the team um every day after practice the U.S. Swimming uh, Federation bought a starting block that was the exact replica that was going to be in Beijing. And I practiced every day after practice. So when I got to Beijing, I was going to have the best start. And that's just, that's what you have to do to be the best.
3: Wow. Yeah. I guess you have to look at all these different places where you can, you can um, introduce the opportunity to shave a hundredth of a second, whether it's off the blocks or it's you know, it's some, something in terms of performance in your stroke. So you're looking for all these different opportunities. Is that true? I mean, the way you look at it?
4: Yes. Um, you really, there. there's, you have to be the best you can be. I mean, you're going to have your off days. I mean, everyone has off sure. days. Like I said, there are, there are obviously lots of days where I was lying on the couch and just was miserable. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, you, you know that tomorrow's the next day. And you get up and, uh, you know, you just, you kind of... Just do the best that you can, and, and that's all anyone can ask for, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's just, you know, I also had off days, too, where where I got to rest, which was, you know, very important for me, too. So, um, sure. Sure. you know, it's just, you, you always try to be the best that you can be.
0: I'm still trying wow. to wrap my, uh, figure this out. Dara, you're talking about the older you get, still have the potential. Most athletic events, that's not the case. Once you get to a certain age, your 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 skills dissipate. Why is it that in this sport you can become better and better as you age in certain ways?
4: You know, I think it's all about confidence. Um, you, I, I, you know, you don't want to be too confident that you're not gonna. You're gonna think, oh, okay, well. Uh, I'm so good, I don't have to do this. You have a certain confidence where you feel like you can be the best that that you can be. And so um, I think that I noticed that more as I got older, uh, having that confidence. And, you know, that happens with with everything in life, Um, you know, whether it's in school or um, even just the way you look or, you know, anything. It's, it's, you have Mm -hmm. to have confidence and feel good about yourself and you know one of the things that actually i'm working on now is a campaign for psoriasis called show more You." and when i was swimming in the 90s when i was training for my um for my third olympic team i i had psoriasis i had no idea what it was and here i am like going to work my my business suit is my swimsuit and um (laughs) you know i had these like red rashes on my on my skin i'm like oh my gosh and and i was like okay this is what i have it's not going to keep me from following my dreams and it's not going to keep me from being the best that I can be. And you just, you deal with it. So it, no matter what
3: it is in life, you try to just have confidence. And, and, and you, by, by taking, you bring all this out in your age, is just a number, um, you know, achieve your dreams, you know, at any stage in life, in your life, and as well as in your gold medal fitness books, you bring these kinds of things out about the confidence.
4: I I do. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, it's, And it's kind of hard to explain but um, because sometimes you just either have it or you don't, you know. And it's funny because sometimes parents come up to you and say, like, how can I get my kid to have more confidence? Some of it is by surrounding yourself with positive people. Um, you know, that can give you more confidence, but yes, Mm -hmm. my, my one book, the memoir, uh, talks a lot about that and, and having confidence and being strong and being a strong woman. I mean, look, there are days where I had my down days. I mean, there are days where, you know, everyone has their bumps in the road, but, but then you get back up the next day and you know, the sun always comes out the next day and you just continue (laughs) on. Uh, so, so there's that. And then the other book I did, the gold medal fitness, that's about people wanted to know, okay, well, you're 41. Like, how did you make an Olympic team at 41? And, how do you do what you do? Yeah. What was your training? And, and you know, I, I, I wrote that book to give people confidence to be the best that they can be. I mean, I, I and I try, I try to explain also in the book that, look, I've been doing this my whole life. So some of you may not necessarily end up looking like me by doing my workouts, but she'll be the best right. that you can be and the best that your body can be. And so again, it's, it's about having confidence and, and, um, you know, I, I I talked about the psoriasis thing, you know, that's why teamed mm-hmm. up with cell genoes to do the show more of you campaign having confidence and, and it's pretty cool because if you go to show more of you.com, um, I've uploaded some some pictures and some um, really kind of uh, inspirational story that people can have confidence about themselves. And so it all kind of ties in. Like I think confidence is a very important word, word to have in your vocabulary.
0: So when we talk about That's it, absolutely. And when you're talking about confidence, why is it that we don't want to build people's confidence up? We think that by being tough on them, uh, and and ma- and making it more and more difficult is the best thing. If you don't have any successes, you really feel like you're 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 you're, you're miserable. And why keep doing it? So I look at it sometimes. Because, it's, yeah, because go ahead. Go ahead. yeah,
4: yeah. You know what? I understand where you're coming from, and I've had those coaches where I've had actually one coach in particular where um, he would never compliment you, would never say anything, you know, right. great. Would just be on you and. Th- For me personally, that's not the best way for me to be coached. Maybe other people can have that, but when you beat down someone, I feel like you you kind of lose that confidence unless you have a different personality than I have. And, you know, everyone has different personalities. But I, I'm all about constructive criticism. I, I like to get critiqued because I want to be the best I can be, and I know that I'm not perfect. And so how can I get to almost perfect? How can I be the best that I can be and, and tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can work on it? You know, and so you have to take it that way and not let – if someone's telling you what to do or if you're not doing something right, you don't take it as something negative. You take it, okay, this is what's going to make me get better
3: was was that was uh the coach was coaching part of your uh, choice decision to go to uh university of Florida i mean because you know oh. you, you hear about so go ahead go ahead oh no go ahead i
4: i, I didn't i didn't i thought you were done continue please
3: <laughs> oh well, i was just curious in in your world i mean do you go places because i mean I imagine you would go to particular schools or locations because you love a coach's approach you're in sync with that philosophy since we're talking about Different philosophies of different coaches, or or what was behind playing, you know, uh, swimming for the, the Gators and and, and going to uh, the University of Florida coaching. Now that we're on that topic.
4: Oh, um, you know, it, 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 swimming swimming has been obviously one of the biggest things in, in, in my life that has yeah. kind of defined me, but it doesn't one hundred percent define who I am. So when I was finding a college to go through, to, it was about. Um, you know, something that was also about what I wanted to do in life. And and when I chose mm-hmm. University of Florida, it was more so their swim program, but also because of their journalism program. And I knew I wanted to get on television. I knew I wanted to be in front of the camera. And one of the requirements, at least when I went to school there, is you have to work in a studio at least one semester to kind of learn the ins and outs. And I mm-hmm. like that about that school. I love their journalism program. So uh, that's mm-hmm. why I chose University of Florida. So it wasn't just about something. It was about, okay, what's going to – Help
0: to find me when
1: I when I graduate from college. So, what uh, goals? That's, awesome.
0: that's interesting when you talk about journalism. What were your goals, Dara? If you did not have such a huge career as Olympian, we know you're a journalist now. But did you have aspirations at that age of other types of opportunities in journalism?
4: No, you know, I I just knew I wanted to be in front of the camera, and uh, I actually went and interned at NBC Sports and CNN, uh, CNN Press and NBC Sports uh, TV uh, when I was a junior in, um, after I finished my junior year in uh, college, and I knew that I wanted to learn what it took sort of behind the scenes to to make a show in front of the camera. I would kind of understand it and not just be someone who stands in front of the camera and Try to smile and say some smart things. I, I kinda wanna learn the whole aspect of it. So that's why um I but I knew at an early age that I wanted to get into
3: television, absolutely. Yeah. Well well it certainly paid off in all your Olympic uh you know, all your Olympic competitions with your photos and stuff. So <laughs> you sure have that you <laughs> sure have that uh clear understanding of what's what's going on at the other end of the camera. And I mean that as a compliment. Right. I mean, just yeah it's it's first class. The way you, the way you carry yourself is first class. So wow, that's thank an you. interesting twist. Yeah. Well your yeah. mom was up, your mom was a uh, didn't she do some modeling too?
4: Yes, yeah, she did. She did some modeling and, and when I went to New York I decided to do some just to sort of pay the bills and so I can get into <laughs> uh into television. So it was it was kinda of cool because that was just when sports modeling was starting and Gabby Reese sort of paved yeah. the way for everyone. So it made it a little easier yeah. for me to find fine work, being having an athletic body when there were so many weight models out there.
3: But real, real quick, how did how did the uh, Sports Illustrated? How did you guys get connected? Because you were you did uh, the swimsuit issue for them. Um, how did that come about?
4: Well, um, I my this, a friend of mine who took pictures of me for Sports Illustrated for an article when I was 16 years old. Uh, he'd always be some wow. me. He was a very famous photographer named Heitz Klutmeyer, and. Uh-huh. Um, He, I, when I, when I moved to New York and said, okay, I I guess I need to get into modeling or do something just to make some money so I can figure out what I want to do with my, you know, journalism career. Um, he mentioned something to the editor at that time and she's like, no, no, she's athletic, whatever. We don't, you know, we have models. And so then he just went ahead and took some pictures of me and put them on her desk. And he said the best way to go about this to make like this was her idea, and she found you. And so sure enough, she saw the pictures <laughs> and thought, "Oh, it'd be a great idea to have an athlete in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue." And so wow. that's how I became the first athlete to be in there. Is is this, this photographer put my pictures on her desk, and I guess she thought it was her idea, <laughs> so um, she came up with the idea <laughs> of having an athlete in there. And, but it's kind of cool because now they have a lot of athletes in there in the swimsuit issue, right. so it's kind of nice. Yeah.
3: Wow.
0: Especially when you talk Another. about the body, body image, one, Dara, that's coming out, and all these different things. It's okay to be athletic, and I think that's a part of your lifestyle, brand, in a lot of ways as well. Girls can be athletic, and and still uh, be attractive, and in this process of our uh, process of women and women athletes, right? And.
4: Well, I think it's gotten more positive now, but I think a while ago, like a decade ago, uh I think women were or girls were still too scared to lift weights or be super athletic because they didn't want to get too big, but I think now it's very powerful mm-hmm. and, and inspiring uh the athletes out there. A lot of girls are are uh, mimicking them, which is which is awesome, you know. I think it's great.
3: Wow. Well, I i, I love your quote here to go ahead, just, uh, circling back now, to um your confidence, your discussion about confidence and, and choosing to step into that, you know. As we see it, this is a, a discussion also in the show, it's about choice, you know, and age is, is you right. know it is, it's 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 just a choice. You know, you say it's just a number, it's also it's just it's just a choice. So um circling back to this confidence level. I mean I love your quote here, you know, where you say, I'm someone whose business suit is a swim suit. So I had to learn how to be comfortable with my own skin. I mean how perfect. And and yet you're so approachable and stuff, and so I, I take it the response has been very good because not only that, but psoriasis affects men as well as women. And could you talk a little bit about that interaction with psoriasis, and and some people who've had it and who've talked who have it and have talked to you about, you know, your courage to step forward, uh, share some of those stories or a story or two.
4: Yeah, you know, it's like I said, uh, a little while ago, I, I got it, uh, over 20 years ago. And I think the biggest fear that people had seeing me with psoriasis was, ooh, if I touch her, am I going to get it too? Or if she goes in the pool, am I going to get it from being in the pool? And that was, that was kind of hard to deal with, you know, and you kind of had to explain to people, no, this is, and I didn't even know I had it at first. I know I I went for months, you know, with red rashes and flaky skin on my elbows and back. And. When I finally went to the dermatologist, they explained what it is, and I might end up having it for life. And But for me, I found that it personally flares up when I'm very stressed out. Uh, and and so I try to work out or do something to relieve my stress, so it, it's not so uh, apparent. But, um, you know, I can't control it. It's something that I can't control. So uh, when it, when they approached me about being a spokesperson for this show, More You Can't Pay, I thought, that's perfect. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, my business suit is my swimsuit, and I'm, I'm confident. I don't... I'm not embarrassed. I'm fine walking out on a pool
3: deck with
0: psoriasis with my swimsuit on and this is who I am. So you have to be comfortable mm-hmm. on your own skin. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful said. And Dara, what you learn from this and want to teach other people is again, it's okay that you have this. Educate people about this, but ultimately don't be don't hide yourself if you have this. If you have a psoriasis, you know exactly. Make, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry.
4: Yes, and that's why I love the name of the campaign, Show More of You, and, and that's why we love having people go to the website, showmoreofyou.com, to put your inspirational stories on there. And, and even people who, maybe they know someone who has psoriasis, but they don't have it, and then you can understand more what, what you know we go through when we have it. And I think it's, it's a wonderful idea, and I'm hoping that it, it touches people out there who are dealing with this, too, like I am. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, uh, I love enabling the Navy, the, camp, the campaign the campaign as well. And and, and uh, talking about uplifting kind of things and and records you've set so many so many records. I know here you are at age 40 and and well, how many months 19 months before you train for the Olympics you have your daughter. If you could tell us about your daughter and that whole experience and how all that fit into the Olympics. Wow. You 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 really packed a lot in there, so to speak.
4: You know, I I, I never had the intentions of swimming and having a kid and then going back and and, tra- and train and for an Olympics. It was I, yeah. I, I couldn't I, I couldn't go to a gym without getting sick. And so I thought, well, I've swum swimming five years. If I go to a pool and there's a gutter there, I'll get sick in the gutter. And no one will care. i going, you know. And so that's kind of why I got that in and started swimming. And plus, it, it actually really made me feel better uh, having her, and especially when she got bigger because she bruised my ribs and. And it's just somehow floating in the water and swimming a little bit just made me feel better. And I wasn't feeling as sick. I was sick for about seven, seven eight months. So, um, mm-hmm. I, and, and I kind of got asked to swim in a meet three weeks after I delivered. And I'm, I asked my doctor, and after a lot of, uh, bugging him about it, he finally was like, okay, just go swim in this meet, but be careful. And so I did. And, and, you know, three weeks post pregnancy, and I don't know, it went well. And, and then, one thing led to another, and I started one of the meet a couple months after that just for fun, and somehow, I don't know, I ended up qualifying for the trials and mean to what I did, and, and then, like, people started coming up to me and saying, hey, you know, it would be great to see a 40-year-old in the Olympic. I'm like, great, who's going Let's cheer them on, you know? And then I realized they were talking about me, and um, and I just, like, there were so many people asking me to do that, I thought I was like, all right, I'll do it, and then that was it. It wasn't like I thought about it for years as just this... Light bulb went off, and I was like, "Okay, I'll do it." You guys are bugging me, and I'll do it. And then, once the problem is, once I say I'm going to do something, I'm actually going to do it. And that was yeah. it. I was like, "All right, I, I like challenges, and I like to try things people haven't done before." So yeah. for me, it was it was a big challenge to try to see if I can, you know, at least go to one the trials and 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 place somewhere. I didn't know I was gonna.
0: Actually, win with the child. So <laughs> it's a, that's interesting, Dara, and and I think that when you talk about the, uh, the age and still being able to be in the Olympics, have other athletes later after you did this reach out to you that were close to that age, saying, "Hey, I want to try this one more time. I want to make it one more Olympics," and ask what you did in training and stuff to be able to do it.
4: That's- that's what makes it so rewarding for me. I have had athletes uh, approach me, talk to yeah. me, want my advice, my opinion. And um, for that, you know, there's and people talk about getting the medals and stuff, but to me the most rewarding stuff is what you learned on your journey to get there and the fact that you can inspire others to do something they haven't done before.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's just, But I was reading your background, I was just thinking about all these doors that opened up. You know, you you've talked about, you know, going back and having your, you know, having your uh, your first comeback, your second comeback. You know, the, the age door opening. You know, having a child, having Tessa at that um, you know at that age, uh, being a um, you know being an author, being being uh, on TV, you know being a model. You know, you're just opening so many doors. It was, it was just it was just exciting to read about you, and congratulations on that. Uh, In fact, just like Neil was talking about, it's just that's opened up so many other possibilities just by somebody seeing or somebody else who's already done that, and they go, "Oh, hadn't thought about that." So, what an inspiration!
4: Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's just fun chatting with you.
0: Absolutely, Dara. And what we do in the last uh, question is that we uh, ask all our celebrity guests slash athletes slash authors a survey question. It's very interesting, Dara, the uh, survey question, because we've had people that have answered it based on, it's based on choice. And Rico could tell you a little bit about it. Go ahead, Rico.
3: Okay. Uh, Thanks, Neil. Uh, Yeah, Dara, we, you know, just two choices basically says, that the philosophy of it is that in every moment, there are just two choices. You're either going to make a choice It's going to Take you close to what you want to some greater or lesser degree, or it's going to take you further away from what you want. You know, in every moment you have that, because there only is the present moment anyway, of making a choice. So the the question is a percentage question, and we've had um, answers everywhere from 100% to 80-20 to 20-80. So the question is, what percentage do you perceive, and there's no right or wrong answer, what percentage do you perceive of life as choice, and what percentage of life do you perceive as circumstance? Um no right or wrong answer I would
4: say I would say eight eighty percent um choice twenty percent circumstance
3: okay. okay, very good, okay, I mean very good in terms of yeah we've had we've had those answers before we've had all kinds of them across the board, and we're just what we're doing is just collecting the data as a bit of a survey to try to get a feel for choice perspective and how people see life so thank you for for your for your answer on that appreciate it very much.
0: You're welcome. All right. Does, welcome. So, Dara, where can we find information on you? Purchase your books, learn about the campaign, all those different places. Where can we go, Dara?
4: Well, um, the campaign is, like I said, it's it's the website showmoreyou.com. And we love people who are living with psoriasis to go on there and upload their, um, their pictures or their photos and stories. Uh, people who don't know what psoriasis is to go on there and learn a little bit more about it. So they can understand it. And then my, my books you can probably find on Amazon, I would assume. It, it's been a little while since they've been out, um, but mm-hmm. I think they're still on Amazon.
0: And other places wow. to follow you too, Dara? Like for uh, media and all the different uh, uh, t- t- things, your website's the best, Dara? Or would you say?
4: Yeah, yeah I, I have a website that's com I'm also on uh, Twitter and Instagram, either at SwimDara or DaraTaurus.
0: And it's fantastic oh. to see how the United States is doing in swimming. I'm sure you're very proud of that.
4: Yeah, I know. It's been wonderful. It's it's,
0: it's awesome to watch. It's been awesome watching. It was a really fun time watching that, and uh, I'm and I'm sure covering it as well, right, Dara? That was fun too. Yeah, it was
4: a lot of fun. It was a lot of
0: fun. All right. Well, well, thanks for calling. Appreciate taking the time, and uh, best of luck in your ventures. Okay.
3: Well, okay, thank
2: you, Derek. so you very guys. much. Thank, thank you, thank on. inspiration. Okay. Take care. Thanks. Of okay. Thank Take you. care.
0: Bye bye. You're listening to the Total Celebrity bye. Show. <laughs> just Two who this celebrity segment, and we'll be back in just a moment.
5: So I'm excited to welcome to the program. Uh, everyone remembers her from Cagney and Lacey and currently on Fox TV's The Exorcist, Sharon Glass. Sharon, thanks for calling and uh how are you feeling today?
6: I'm excited. I'm, I'm awake, first of all. That's exciting. <clears throat> um, and um, I'm excited about tonight's show, and it's a cool, it's a cool part.
5: Absolutely. Now, a uh, question regarding Cagney and Lacey. How does it feel that you were able to uh, be able to be part of that show, especially two women as police officers at that time period, and how you broke lots of barriers from that show?
6: Well, um, the executive producer and creator of the show was a man named Barney Rosenswag, um, whom I married 10 years later, P.S., um, but uh, he offered me the part. He'd seen me play Carol Lombard in a miniseries, and um, I, did, I was stupid enough to turn it down. <laughs> he always says, actors are not the best judges of material, um, so... Uh, Loretta Slit played it. And then uh, it went to series, and I was in another series by then. I couldn't do it. Uh, so um, um, forgive me. I'm trying to think of a wonderful actresses later. Um, at any rate, so it took three times. And three times was the charm. And I finally met Tyne Daly, and we all talked. And the rest is sort of history. Um, it was a, a it was an amazing show. I don't think, because you said it was groundbreaking, and it was, I don't think we knew what we had, Do you know, right. when we were doing it. I don't think, I mean, we knew it, that it was different than any other show. Um, but we didn't, I don't think we realized the impact it was going to have. Barney, Barney did, but I don't think Tyne and I, when you're shooting it, you know, you just try and make the best show you can. But we had no idea it would become what it did.
5: Absolutely. And what what it, what it became was so amazing. And for your career, Sharon, and we're going to talk about uh, tonight for sure, but one it other It didn't hurt my career either. <laughs> no, it didn't. Your career just continued to blossom <laughs> from there. So, Sharon, give us that update for our fans because – you definitely moved into a different roles, but again, you're a multi Emmy and Golden Globe winner. You've had some great success as an actress, haven't you?
6: Thank you. I've been very i really being falsely modest. I've just been very fortunate that uh, the kind of roles that came my way were just very cool.
5: Yeah, de- definitely cool. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there, Sharon. I just was listening to you, and I said, "Wow." Unbelievable. So let's kind of go into tonight on Fox, your role in The Exorcist, 9 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Tell us a little bit about your character.
6: Um, I can tell you now who I who I, I'm playing um, Reagan's, if you remember the original character, Linda Blair's character, yeah. now played by Gina Davis. I'm playing um, Reagan's mother, who in the movie was done by Ellen Burstyn. Um, but we are it's forty years later, and uh, Reagan ran away from home forty years earlier. She has not seen her mother, she ran away from her mother um and now her mother shows up and the the demon is back not not in the form of the mother, although if you <laughs> if you asked Reagan's character, Geena Davis's character, she'd probably consider my, her mother the demon um uh but and it is forty years later, and the demon has now entered Reagan's child. The demon is back. I think the demon—it's oh. always Reagan that he's loved, but you know we'll get to that. Um, and so it's—it's it's this. To, tonight is the uh, her first day uh, back in the home and seeing her daughter again after forty years, and that's just my part in the story. There's the the. Jeannie Davis's daughter, I don't mean to get confusing, but the granddaughter has now been, the demon is in her. And she's on the loose. So she's out. Yeah, it, it,
5: yeah.
6: It's scary. It's scary. It's—it's. It's, I'm amazed, you know, you always think, well, God, the feature, and the feature holds up. But what they've done in this television show is amazing. The makeup and the special effects stuff still stands very strongly.
5: To bring back that iconic film into a television show, Fox doing that, I know. Thing and brilliant. it's brilliant because horror fans just love The Exorcist. And to bring this back in this kind of a storyline, so kind of, t- Sharon, you're basically telling me that we're 40 years later, this Exorcist compared to the movie then, correct? So that's right, how the, the storyline of the show goes. Yeah.
6: Right, it's the same characters, but it's characters 40 years later.
5: Wow. The role
6: of what Reagan the child is played by Gina yeah. Davis now. Wow. But she's been in hiding. She's never told anyone, even her husband, that she's Reagan. But she <laughs> told them last week. I mean, the audience now knows that's who she is. And I'm 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 Chris McNeil, her, her mother.
5: Gotcha, and so were you excited about to be part of this cast and to have this opportunity, especially with such an iconic show as the movie as The Exorcist and this oh, new I mean, play thrilled.
6: on Oh, I said, I said yes immediately. I didn't even ask where it was being shot. And um, we shot it all in, in Chicago um, because, if you remember, the original took place in Georgetown. Um, right. But anyway, Reagan has run away, so now it takes place in Chicago. And it took 40 years for her mother to find her. And we do this iconic shot last week. Uh, Iconic shot is an homage to Max von Sydow. Do you remember that when he arrives in the cab with all the fog, lamp light on him?
5: Oh, yeah. He's in a
6: black fedora and a black hat. And he's, he's the exorcist. He's the man who comes to drive the demon out. Well, they do an iconic shot of that. And you get to the door and it's me.
5: So everyone's shocked, like, "Oh my gosh, it's you!" So, um, Sharon, I know you. Yeah, go ahead.
6: I'm sorry.
5: Am I talking too much? No, I was. No, you're talking a lot. That's good. That's great. I love having this back and forth conversation with Sharon Glass. And Sharon, the thing I would say is the iconic shot that you talked about, and it's you. You can't tell us. We got to tune in tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. On Fox to find out what happens to your character after today, right?
6: Right. That shot was last week, so I'm, I'm not telling you anything. I'm sworn to secrecy about all these episodes. I'm dying to tell you, but I can't.
7: <laughs>
6: you'll have to see. Well, I, you'll
5: have to see that. And I would, and I would never do that to you, Sharon. Trust me, I would never do that to you. I just, <laughs> all you know, right. I just can't wait. Can't wait to everyone tunes in 9 p.m. Eastern tonight to Fox. Is Sharon Gless On The Exorcist So fans of Cagney and Lacey Fans of her Tune in And, yeah. I, and definitely fans of The Exorcist You gotta check yeah. this out So Sharon is there a place we can find information on you And learn more about you Are you on social media and stuff to c- connect with Or, or uh, places know, to find just you You know I
6: just signed on I j- Like two weeks ago I've never done that before I just signed on to like social media Like Facebook and Twitter and all that, but you know, you might be able to get that from the studio because I'm not good enough yet to know how to tell you.
5: Well, Sharon, we've got to talk off there. I'm, I'm a social media expert, and it's what I do, and I teach people how, and I always like to give people some pointers because it's fun. Once you get involved in it, you're going to get hooked, Sharon. Trust me.
6: That's what they tell me. Every time I go look at it, there are all these pictures, and I'm going, "Oh my God, where'd they get that?"
5: <laughs> so we'll we'll Google you on uh, Google to find all the different social media apps, and people also need to follow Fox and I the Exorcist. I just got verified. I know that I just got verified. That, it's uh, you're on your way. Trust me, Sharon. The followers are going to come like crazy, so be ready. Okay. Okay. That's fun. <laughs> well. It's, it was a pleasure thank talking you. with you, and best of luck tonight. And uh, I hope you. that your character continues to develop, and uh, we'll stay connected. Okay, Sharon?
6: Oh, it will. <laughs> I know it's coming. Okay. okay. All
5: right. Take care, <laughs> okay, Sharon. Neil, Good talking you. to you. You're All welcome. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter, at Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, and neilhaley.com. And we are live at the Microsoft Store at, at Dayland Mall in Miami with Miami Dolphins quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Ryan, thanks for calling, and how are you?
7: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
5: Absolutely, Ryan. Kind of a couple questions for our listeners that are very, very interesting. One is, did you always have dreams of being an NFL player?
7: I did. I always loved the game of football. I grew up around it. My dad was a coach, um, and it was always a goal of mine. Obviously, I knew it was a long shot uh, growing up. So, you know, I, I had other plans as well. But, you know, definitely was going to do everything I could to to make it to this level. And, you know, fortunate enough, I, I was able to to make it.
5: Wow, and it's a process, isn't it, for sure, and those dreams, and there was lots of ups and downs, weren't there?
7: Oh, of course. You know, there's, it's never a smooth road. You know, you're going to face a lot of adversity no matter what you do in life, and it's all about how you respond to it. So uh, you have to be able to fight through that and just keep pressing forward, keep setting your goals high, doing everything you can to achieve them, and uh, usually good things will happen to you.
5: What advice would you give young people about making it to the NFL?
7: I would just say, you know, work hard and enjoy, enjoy playing sports. You know, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever whatever interest you have, uh, just enjoy it. You know, I think it's, a, like I said, a slim chance for, for anyone to make it to the NFL. So uh, I think you just have to understand that going in. But uh, set your goals high, and like I said, do everything you can to achieve them.
5: You've been placed in a pretty difficult position uh, replacing your teammate. Have you been practicing for the Xbox Challenge? to be ready for this challenge
7: today? No, I'm excited to be a part of the, the Xbox NFL Player Charity Challenge. Uh, but no, I haven't been practicing, unfortunately. I, I'm not a big gamer. I don't play a whole lot, so I'm really going to have to, you know, pull something out here to, to have a shot.
5: A- Any time in your life were you a gamer? Like when you are younger and stuff at all? I
7: I played a little bit growing up but uh, and in college a little bit. But, you know, I was never a, a diehard, so... Um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm no pro by any stretch.
5: And so uh, what do you how does it feel to play a digital game for Nick Dominic Sue's charity? Is that pretty interesting uh, to be able to play for him?
7: Yeah, it's exciting. you know, I'm, I'm just excited to, uh, to be a part of this, this process, this challenge and um, you know, it's for a good cause, so uh, excited to be a part of it and hopefully you know I can come out with a win.
5: Hey, you have the fans here. What I found, I saw the pictures from last week's challenge with Doug Baldwin, and the Seattle fans were just going wild at the Microsoft store. So you're going to have your fans there ready to go. So I'm sure you're excited that your fans will be watching tonight at the Microsoft store and also live on Twitch.
7: Yeah, it's it's really exciting. When I walked up uh, to the store, there's I uh, I don't know how many, but uh, a good a good line of fans out front, and everyone seemed excited and uh, you know, ready to to watch to watch the game, so uh, it should be fun.
5: Well, last week Doug won, so let's hope this week you win, and then I guess they'll all want to interview with me to win <laughs> to win it for the for the charities. So that's fantastic for sure. And uh, Ryan, where can we find information on you? Follow you, learn more about you. Where can we go? Right,
7: I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I think my my handle is Ryan Tannehill One. And I'm on Instagram and I don't know my handle, so you're probably not going to learn a lot about me actually on either one of those, because I don't even know my because handle. But uh, is it, is you can look can at the yourself, Dolphins website. Yeah. Oh, my Instagram <laughs> handle just found it is rchannahill17. All right, and Ryan, is it
5: because of the game planning every week how much you have to game plan and it's difficult? To even spend this time on a Thursday, because Tuesday's your off day, so you're constantly preparing for your next game, aren't
7: you? Yeah, fortunately, we're on the bye this week, so we don't have a game this week, but uh, yeah, usually, you know, I'd be uh, be still at work, you know, working away, watching tape, and, and getting ready for, for the upcoming game, so uh, enjoying the bye this week, and we'll get back to work next week.
5: And you killed my Steelers, I tell you, so it looks like you guys are on on a uh, getting better, and see what happens this season. And good luck, and hopefully the Steelers will see you in the playoffs. So I'm I'm rooting for you for sure.
7: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All
5: right, thanks, Ryan. Take care. Okay, bye bye. You You're listening to the Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment.